0: is Diagnosis Glaucoma with your hosts, Dr. Mona Colleen
1: and Dr. Harry Quigley.
0: Welcome to this episode on laser treatment for closed angle glaucoma. If you are unsure what the angle is or what kind of angle you have, please go back and listen to episode five where we talk about the angle. And then we also have a detailed discussion of closed angle glaucoma in episode seven. Now we've already talked about what a laser is in our previous episode. But just to remind you what it stands for, it stands for light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. And there are lots of different applications of lasers in ophthalmology. The ones we're gonna talk about today are the ones that are used for angle closure and angle closure glaucoma. Well, Harry, we just had this long discussion about open angle glaucoma and the lasers for that. So what makes this type of laser different?
1: Well, really the purpose of what an eye doctor is doing for angle closure glaucoma with a laser is quite different. For open angle glaucoma, we're using a continuous delivery of laser for about a fifth of a second, 80 times, to treat the angle of the eye to improve the outflow of water in the outflow system. So it's a very light, continuous, all the way around 360 degrees the front of the eye, and you wait six weeks to see if the eye pressure went down. Angle-closure glaucoma, we are treating a disease in which the fluid can't get from the back chamber of the eye to the front chamber of the eye because it's blocked at the pupil, the round black opening. And in order to circumvent that block, we're going to make a single opening about a half a millimeter in diameter in the colored part of the eye in the iris. And the laser, as opposed to the continuous, like a flashlight laser that's used for open angle glaucoma, is a single pulse or multiple pulses, each one of which is delivered by the doctor in hopes of making a hole in the iris of the eye.
0: Right, so unlike with the laser treatment for open angle glaucoma, laser treatment and angle closure is the initial treatment of choice. And that is because of the obstruction that is occurring In an open angle, the drainage system is open. But here, in this situation, there's something that's closing off the drain. And so we need to make an opening so that we can get fluid, the fluid from the eye that's building up behind the iris. And we want to get it out to the front. There are different mechanisms of angle closure glaucoma. And we've previously discussed those. So we'll reference episode number seven on angle closure.
1: Mona, you know, it's interesting. Historically, people weren't quite sure why this angle-closure glaucoma happened. And the earliest forms of the disorder that were recognized were very high pressures that happened suddenly. So this is the part of angle-closure called the acute attack or the acute crisis. And some of the first doctors who ever figured out what to do, and if you have a tender stomach, don't listen to the next sentence, they would take a knife and actually pass it into the eye and make an opening in the colored part of the eye on somebody's kitchen table. And the fellow who first figured this out was a general doctor in Kansas in the 1920s. Well, fortunately, after years of our doing surgery to make the opening in the iris for people like this, a group of persons figured out that you could use certain kinds of laser energy and make an opening in the iris without ever opening the eye, without going to the operating room, and pretty painlessly. And that was one of the biggest improvements in the history of ophthalmology.
0: That's really great. I would much rather have a laser done to my iris than undergo a surgery for that same thing. And the laser really is pretty short and pretty uncomplicated. It's great that we've been able to move this procedure out of the operating room. And it's done like that about 99% of the time just with a laser. The location of that laser, as Harry just mentioned, it's going to be in the iris. We can put that opening in one of many different places in the iris. The exact location that your doctor chooses is going to depend on a couple of factors. I would say that most doctors put it at around the 12 o'clock position or put it at the 6 o'clock position in the iris and the reason why is because the opening will be covered by the eyelid when a person is just looking naturally straight ahead. But other alternatives to that are to put the laser maybe at the 3 o'clock position or the 9 o'clock position. And there's different schools of thoughts on which one is better.
1: You've just heard Mona describing your eye as a clock. But of course she's describing the position on the eye and... There's an interesting controversy about this, because about 98% of people who have a laser iris iridectomy, and laser iris hole made, 98% of them have no symptoms or side effects from it whatsoever. By a week later, their eye, from their point of view, is exactly as it was before. But one or two percent of people began reporting to us that they had an interesting, funny, glary line that would appear around, let's say, a car headlight that you're staring at, or A little bit of shiny extra glare. When we began investigating this the theory came about that as Mona mentioned with the laser iridotomy had been made in the upper part of the eye right up near where your eyelid crosses your cornea that there was a funny bending of light that came through the tear film where the lid meets the cornea and that was being bent through the laser hole if the laser hole was at the 11 o'clock or the one o'clock position. So some studies have been done and people were randomly assigned to getting the laser hole made either on the horizontal, that is three or nine o'clock, or up about 12 o'clock. And the first of those studies done in European-derived people in Canada showed pretty conclusively that putting it at three or nine o'clock was just fine and actually had about half the chance of getting this glary, funny sensation. Now a subsequent study done in India found a slightly different set of results. But the environment in which the people live there is a massively sunny South Indian environment. And their irises and eyes are a bit different from the average European-derived or African-derived person here in the United States. So we don't know the degree to which the answer is correct. But what I would say to you is follow your doctor's advice. And if Dr. Kaleem tells you that she's going to put it at 12 o'clock, you let her.
0: In terms of risks and benefits, the risk of losing any vision from this treatment is almost zero. And it's a very low risk procedure. The benefit is, well, you could potentially avoid a surgery. And as we mentioned earlier, laser treatments really is the gold standard initial treatment for closed angle and closed angle glaucoma.
1: Interestingly, people say, well, you're going to make an opening If you do an appendectomy, you sew it shut, and it heals shut. Why doesn't the iris hole heal shut? The front of the eye has a very interesting privilege in that it reacts quite differently to things unless the eye is a diseased eye. If the front of your eye had a very active healing response, it might actually heal shut the opening through which you normally see, the pupil. So the eye was designed with chemicals floating in the front of the eye that do a variety of things, but one of the effects they have is to block active healing. So if you don't have one of these very unusual kinds of angle closure glaucoma, if you're the typical person, once we make a hole, it's a hole for life. Now remember, it's not so big that somebody's going to be able to see it. It's not so big that Something's going to leak out of your eye. All this is something that's going on in the interior structures of the eye.
0: One of the ways that we also help to decrease the healing or scarring over is by treating patients with a steroid eye drop after the laser procedure is done. Inflammation is a side effect of this treatment. Bleeding is also a potential side effect, but is pretty uncommon and clears fairly rapidly. You probably wouldn't even notice it. The treatment takes maybe five minutes or so, and when it's done, we have everyone wait for about 45 minutes to an hour, Then we check their eye pressure and the front of the eye to check for inflammation and bleeding, and then you can go home. Your doctor will probably see you a few weeks later and do the gonioscopy procedure for you again to make sure that the angle has opened, and if it hasn't, you can have the treatment again.
1: There should be a podcast on gonioscopy. Oh yeah, there is one. Yes. I think we did that. (laughs) We did. They can go listen to what gonioscopy is. You know, who gets this disorder are people who have narrow angles. And it turns out people who have narrow angles also have microscopically smaller eyes than everyone else. That's how angle closure happens. You can hear the podcast on angle closure if you want to hear about that. But in fact, in the majority of people, the angle is not as narrow after iridotomy as it was before. And that tells us in those persons we've really done something. Interestingly, there's a lot of people, as many as one quarter of people, who have iridotomy where the gonioscopy doesn't look any deeper than it did before. And yet, their disease has been treated properly.
0: And who do you think should be getting the laser iridotomy procedure? Should everyone with a closed angle or who's suspicious for having a closed angle have this laser peripheral iridotomy?
1: We had a group of international experts in 2002 and three put together the world's information about the subject and we decided we should distinguish between people who were only suspects for getting angle closure in the future and those who already had signs or effects of the angle closure that was now present in their eye. So we call it primary angle closure, the disease, And if you are a suspect for getting that, but you don't have it yet, you're a primary angle closure suspect. So a very important study was done to find out, should suspects for primary angle closure who look narrow by gonioscopy, but who don't have abnormal pressure, they don't have any sign of damage to their optic nerve, what should be done? Should they have an iridotomy? And the way to find that out ideally is to treat one eye and not the other eye. And that's exactly what was done with 880 people treated in one eye, randomly chosen, and not the other one. And the good news after six years of that study was that very few of the untreated people had developed a disease. However, those who had the iridotomy had about twice the chance of avoiding the initial signs of developing the disease. So your chance was about two percent of getting the disease in six years if you didn't have the iridotomy and it was under one percent if you did. So is it effective? Yes. Is it needed in everybody? Probably no. So there are people who are a bit more likely to need it who are glaucoma suspects and who do you think those are Dr. Kaleem?
0: Well an individual who's a glaucoma suspect is someone who on gonioscopy I can't see the drainage system for half of the eye or more. If someone has an elevated eye pressure or they have a large cup-to-disc ratio, so their nerve, their optic nerve, is looking suspicious for glaucoma.
1: What Mona is actually describing now, then, are those who are beyond the area of suspect. In other words, you definitely need an iridotomy if something bad is already happening when you have a narrow angle. And if something bad in narrow angle disease could be that the pressure's already high, or that there are scars in gonioscopy view called peripheral anterior synechiae. Or even worse, that you've actually begun damaging the optic nerve, as she said, with a larger cup to disc ratio, with loss of the nerve fiber layer, or with visual field defect. But if we come back for a moment to those primary angle closure suspects, we do have suspect patients who choose to have iridotomy even when they've heard that it's a pretty low chance that they're going to get the disease. And the reason is because there is a small chance that they'll have a very high pressure develop. And if they're not around someone who has a laser at that time, they could be in serious trouble if it was a week or two or three before they got to the person who was going to treat them. So if someone treks in Nepal all the time, we did appendectomies on some of the first astronauts that went to the space station so they wouldn't get appendicitis while they were up there even though they didn't have signs of it. There are people who have family histories of angle closure with damage to the eye in their mom. Those persons almost surely should have iridotomy even though they're only suspects. And then there are people who just would go to bed every night worried that it's going to be me. You know, I'm always the guy who it happens to And I know you told me the chance that it's going to happen is very low, but I want the iridotomy anyway. I would say that the vast majority of suspects who hear this discussion say, why don't you just watch me every year? Because in that ZAP study that you were talking about, those who developed the initial injury didn't know anything was wrong. Their eye was still fine, and the doctor simply saw that something was going on by doing repeated gonioscopy. So that's what we do for those who don't get the iridotomy. They get an annual exam with gonioscopy.
0: There is another kind of laser that we do for angle closure. It's different in the sense that it's used to treat kind of a unique type of angle closure called plateau iris syndrome. This type of laser is called laser peripheral iridoplasty. So with this one, instead of creating a hole in the iris, we're kind of pushing the iris back. So we're creating burns in the iris and pushing it away from the angle. Harry, can you tell us a little bit about plateau iris syndrome?
1: It's a very interesting condition, and in 40 years of seeing people with glaucoma, I've seen it three times. So this is not a very common thing, but it's someone who has what looks like angle closure. We do an iridotomy, and then if you dilate their pupil, their pressure still goes high. So this is one unusual additional mechanism of how an eye can get glaucoma. And the treatment called Iridoplasty was devised as one of the ways of managing this particular kind of glaucoma. It is sometimes used. It's treating the peripheral part or the outer part of the colored part of the eye. Again, it's painless. It's something that occasionally, the iris looks quite different from how it looked before, and the cosmetic appearance of that can't be too happy. It has become much more common for us to talk to people about doing cataract surgery to fix this particular problem.
0: You bring up a good point, which is cataract surgery, and if that can be used to treat ankle closure. So the answer is yes. And when we're looking at alternatives for the laser procedure, the number one alternative to having a laser peripheral iridotomy is to have cataract surgery. This has been demonstrated in previous studies. Cataract surgery can help treat angle closure because, remember again, the mechanics, a closed angle, the drain is narrowed, and a cataract occupies space in part of that area. And so it can further narrow the angle and obstruct the flow of fluid. So when we remove the cataract, we help to increase space in the front of the eye and allow for more fluid to flow out. Now, that study that I just mentioned, the Eagle study, that showed that people who had a cataract that maybe wasn't very thick still benefited from having the lens removed to help treat the angle closure. I'll tell you for myself, I'm a little more conservative. I will tell my patients to have the laser peripheral iridotomy and to wait on cataract surgery until the cataract is really thick enough, or we use the term ripe, and that's generally when the vision is 20, 40 or worse, or when someone is having a lot of symptoms of a cataract.
1: There's no question that doing cataract surgery for angle closure is equally beneficial in treating the specific cause of blockage of fluid because the fluid's trying to come from behind the iris to the front of the iris, and the only way to get there is to sneak its way between where the lens of the eye which is what we call cataract when it gets foggy, it has to sneak its way between the lens of the eye and the iris. And if you remove the native lens of the eye, which is maybe three millimeters in thickness, and you put a new plastic lens, an artificial lens, in there, which is a half a millimeter thick, there's a lot more space for the fluid to move from the back of the eye to the front of the eye, so it's a great way to treat this particular problem. But if you weigh the risks of doing cataract surgery in an eye, which are low, but they're real, against the risks of laser iridotomy, which are nearly non-existent, and outpatient from the office, drive yourself home if you want afterward, there's no question that there's quite a difference in terms of what a patient goes through to have one of those compared to the other.
0: And there's nothing wrong with having cataract surgery to treat angle closure but I'll tell you for myself, I would want to have the laser first. If you would like to read a little bit more about laser treatment for angle closure, you can find some nice articles on the Bright Focus Foundation or the Glaucoma Research Foundation websites. We also have a nice discussion in our book, which you can find on our website, www.diagnosisglaucoma.com.
1: Thank you for joining us. Until next time, Your mom says take your drops.